Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Today, uh, I don't even know how to introduce this. It's just we are not a serious country. Our leaders, they all suck. All right, and that's all I got for you, but we're going to get into it, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, uh, just trying to keep composure while the world burns around me. But I'm glad that I am joined today by uh, Stu Bergier, host of Stu Does America, which you should be subscribed to. You can watch it on Blaze TV, but also make sure that you subscribe to it on YouTube. Uh, and along with uh, Yaku Buyans, Blaze TV contributor and host of Thank The you. Bottom Line, make sure that you are subscribed to him as well. Um, gentlemen, I am glad that you are here with me today um, because I need, I need people, I need my people I need my people that I know, uh, that I'm familiar <laughs> with, to, uh, to help me figure this one out. Because, you know, you would think that a major party in our country would have, um, maybe they messed up, the, like, the, the president, right? Um, but at least the people within that party, the people who run the DNC, all of these people would go, well, you know, we may have not picked a winner for the president, but let's at least get someone uh, who is somewhat uh, like knows anything about anything as vice president. <laughs> mm. Right. You would you, think a good like backup. Any say, football team has a really solid. Number have, one draft pick that's red shirting. That's a good. Backup. I understand you might have one week one. You can't win them all. All yeah. right. So I'm not. I'll give them some credit. You can't win them all. You may have one week one within the two, but you realize uh, that you have to have at least one who understands anything that's going on at all. Unfortunately, America, we don't have that. Uh, in our country. And uh, I'm just going to give you a little bit of evidence of that. Just let you digest this. Uh, Kamala Harris was uh, over it. He was she was talking with Poland's president. And uh, there is just a plethora of of just I would say gold, but I, that makes it sound positive. It's actually not positive at all. It's really, really sad. Uh, but there's a, a plethora of clips that are coming out of this press conference uh, with Poland's president. Uh, and it's just, it's embarrassing. It's just incredibly embarrassing. So I want to go through these with you guys. Uh, this is obviously the press conference was about what's going on with Ukraine and Russia. And uh, Harris was asked about if the United States will accept Ukrainian refugees. It was a very awkward moment. I think like they weren't sure who was going to answer the question first. And Harris does what she did what she does best, which is just really awkwardly laugh at an inappropriate time. Watch. I wanted to ask you about some reporting that my colleague here in Poland noticed. He recently spoke with the mayor of the largest border town who told him that the refugee system is essentially not set up for this, that it will collapse. It's an improvised system that can work for maybe two weeks, but not indefinitely. And I'm wondering what the United States is going to do more specifically to set up a permanent infrastructure. And relatedly, is the United States willing to make a specific allocation 
for Ukrainian refugees. And for President Duda, I wanted to know if you think, and if you asked the United States to specifically accept more refugees. Okay. <laughs> a friend in need is a friend indeed. <laughs> okay, I, yeah, I can first. Okay. I just don't. Oh, that's a little. Like maybe a, a short, like. Okay. Okay. I'll answer. Uh, would be fine, but it's the cackling at the end that really gets it for me. That it's like, n- no, that's not. That wasn't funny. Also, the friend in need is a friend yeah. indeed. It's Wh- like I don't even know how that. I don't. Applies. I didn't get it either. Here, I, I can understand a little bit of the confusion. It was a very long right. first question right. to her, I guess. But and it then was the first qu- question was to her. Right. So she. So you she think she'd would go answer, first, right? But maybe there'd be confusion there. But you're right. Like. She blurts out some weird cliche and then just laughs for no reason. <laughs> and then is... point she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> like we're on the same page, right? You understand my friend in need, friend indeed reference, right? Right? Yeah. Right? It's just. I mean, two, she's yeah. two things. One, she's buying time. We know that. Oh, yeah. She's really That's out what the of laugh water. Is about. She doesn't know where she's and a nervous laugh, and she's out of what's, what. What's surprising is, it's evident that this administration has not even broached that topic. Right. They've not even thought about refugees. I mean, clear, so, well, if they have, she clearly wasn't they, in the room. They, there would have been an answer, right? <laughs> Isn't she responsible? Doesn't she represent our best interest or the world's interest here? The question that was interesting, the question asked basically almost like, well, when is the U.S. going to step in and set up a system here for the Ukraine? Not our job, number one. Not our job. Uh, can we do that on the southern border of Texas, please? <laughs> well, we she, well they, they called her the border czar, but they didn't indicate which border she was going to be czar for. <laughs> well, she it can't czar this one. She's laughing about the question about refugees. It's so funny. They, self, they, they self-identify that, look, our system cannot handle unexpected refugees. No kidding. No kidding. Mm-hmm. Look at millions of people flooding across our border. No nation can. No nation is set up for that kind of stuff. And I don't think it's our job to all of a sudden now come and solve a refugee crisis. And what would that look like? But it's very telling that obviously the Biden administration had not even discussed that yet. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think that one ahead. of the biggest worries yeah, I have about this whole situation is, you know, the worst case scenario here is really worst case. Like if, God forbid, uh, a, a war breaks out that we get pulled into with Russia, we are at catastrophic levels. And the only thing really between us and that are people like Kamala Harris. And that's what makes me so nervous. If Ronald Reagan was president right now, I mean, you know, this would be a concerning situation, but I wouldn't be as worried about it as I am now. Watching these two idiots bumble their way through this so far and... An entire list, we're going through them tonight on, on my show, an entire list of all the Biden foreign policy failures going back to the 70s. He's never been right on anything uh, in, in multiple decades. He's never picked an issue and just lucked into being correct on it one time. And it's scary because, you know, the saying, you know, we make fun of Joe Biden for the, the idiotic things he says, you know, the gaffes. Kamala Harris cackling her way through press conferences. But the wrong word at a time like this can make a massive difference to all of our futures. This is high stakes stuff here. And we have the worst poker players in the world playing. So if I could, example number two with uh, with Kamala here. So, you know, as I said, uh, in Warsaw, giving this press conference and she was being asked about uh, Russia's aggression, uh, whether, you know, I mean, there's been talk of possible war crimes, all of that. And I just... 
her, it's amazing that she, I mean, she was a DA, right? She's a, so she's a lawyer by background. <laughs> she was pretty good at prosecuting her, her she, own You would own think that she'd be able to speak coherent sentences. Mm -hmm. uh, what she ends up doing is just complete word salad, just stringing words together, uh, similarly to AOC and other members of the Democrat Party. Here is Kamala Harris answering that question. We all watched the television coverage oh. of just yesterday. That's on top of everything else that we know and don't know yet, based on what we've just been able to see, and because we've seen it or not, doesn't mean it hasn't happened. Okay. Story hour. But just limited to what we have seen. Hmm? Okay. Pregnant women going for health care? Being injured by, I don't know, a missile, a bomb? In an unprovoked, unjustified war? where a powerful country is trying to take over another country, violate its sovereignty, its territorial integrity, for the sake of what? Nothing that is justified or provoked? Absolutely there should be an investigation. And we should all be watching. And I have no question the eyes of the world are on. Mm -hmm. On this war. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> Got it. They're on. What is going on here? <laughs> she flipped the she's switch like, and they're on. Well, she's she's on. It's like, yeah, was, she's she, like her was there someone she's in her like, ear? Like, she becomes more, I think so. That's what, that's how you, yeah. This war, like, did they, were they like, nah, that's not the end of the sentence, keep going. <laughs> oh. But that is how okay. you respond, you know, when you have, that is how you respond when you have someone in your ear. But she's sounding a lot like Joe Biden. I mean, it's just, it, the in, it's incoherent. It's completely jumbled. You said in the, in the pre your previous comment, every single thing a leader of a nation says has ramifications, good or bad. It sticks. It gets, it gets you know, assessed. It gets pulled apart. The meaning behind it, which is why I can say, obviously, this administration is not even considered the topic of refugees, of what happens, or, or the ramifications of Poland. What happens if Russia doesn't stop and they just keep rolling all the way to the Polish border? You know, this is what Poland is probably like freaking out about, saying, will this guy stop? And who's going to stop him? And so that's what makes me nervous, because this guy handles the football. Mm. They speak for our nation. They speak for our infrastructure, our economy, and they're absolute imbeciles. Yeah, I mean, uh, look, the, watching Joe Biden speak, he's constantly blurting out things that uh, are nonsensical and... He's butchering the English language and all the things that he does. But let's go back to the beginning of this. Remember what happened before this war started. Joe Biden in an impromptu press conference where he's rambling on for a long period of time. Someone asks him out, about Russia and he says uh, that two things. Number, number one, NATO might not agree uh, on what we're going to do. And maybe if it's a minor incursion, we won't do much, yes. right? Like this is before any of this happened. And that sends a massive signal to Vladimir Putin. Absolutely. At the very least, I can get away with this, right? Um, that is a massive mistake. Should not have been said. In the same press conference, he said that uh, Russia would, uh, would roll over uh, Ukraine. I mean, they would cause, there would be some damages to Russia, but they would eventually win. Now, you might say that in a private right. um, war assessment in, inside the Oval Office. I'm totally fine with Not that. Publicly. And it may even be true. Yeah. But you certainly don't announce to the, to the world, to Russia, to Ukraine, that, hey, you guys are definitely going to lose this war. That's uh, totally against what a president should be doing. And 
And he and that's just one press conference. Three examples that made this particular issue worse already. Uh, I would also just like to just going back a little bit. My, maybe my memory uh, is serving me incorrectly here, but didn't Biden? Let's just say we do get involved in this. Biden gets us involved. Uh, didn't he already hand over a list to Putin of like all of our uh, all of our most important assets? Did he not do that? Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and but not just him. If you go back to Obama, they always telegraph. We're coming to war on this day, three o'clock in the afternoon. This is our strategy. This is literally what they did. This is how they operate with foreign policy. Yeah. You don't do that in, right. in a battle ever. And where's our intelligence agencies? Where's the intelligence? Let's talk about this. If he's well, making a statement a lot, like if... there's a lot to investigate with white supremacy. So. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, but, but where's the intelligence agencies? Where's the intelligence briefings that say, hey, no, this is actually... We were dismal in the analytics on what's Putin actually doing. There was a time when this country knew. We knew what our enemies were doing. We infiltrated. We had intel. We intercepted. We were at least in the same ballpark. The statements he's made, I'm telling you, it's like the blind leading the blind at this point. Where's, where's the intelligence briefings that are actually at least borderline accurate, saying, hey, no, the guy's going to invade. Yeah, well, it's funny because they said they had this big buildup and they're supposedly giving credit to Biden because he did, you know, they did come out a couple of weeks before and said, hey, you know, he's going to come. And even Ukraine was saying, no, we don't think he's going to come. And a lot of people around yeah. the world were saying no. And I've noticed the media trying to give Joe Biden credit for this. Let's back up for a second. This is the intelligence operations coming in and trying to figure this out. Let's say they got this one little part. As you point out, there's been many things they've gotten wrong here. But they get the one part of the the actual scale of this invasion and the timing of it. They got seemingly a decent vibe of that uh, answer correct. But that's not Joe Biden. They come and tell Joe Biden that information. And it's up to Joe Biden to decide what to do with it. So what does he do? Number one, he goes to China and he tells them, please stop Russia because I don't want them to invade. They say no. No. Mm -hmm. And then they say, we're going to go tell uh, Russia exactly the information you just gave us. Mm -hmm. So that's one part of it. The second part of it, his whole premise of telling everyone in the world we knew they were going to invade instead of just telling Ukraine or uh, other important players was to prevent him from doing it, which didn't work. So all of Biden's involvement in this has been catastrophic failure, just like everything else in his presidency. Yeah, Uh, I do want to point out, since we were talking about Kamala before we have to go to break, I would just like to give uh, homage to my favorite Kamala quote, which is it is time for us to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Just wanna, oh, that's powerful. Just, that is the Vice President of the United States. Just want to remind you guys of that. Uh, we've got more to come. First, maybe it won't be so depressing. I don't know. But uh, first, we want to thank our sponsor, Bambi. So if you are running a small business, every dollar counts. You know this if you're an entrepreneur. you got to give your team the HR support that they need at a price that you are really going to appreciate with Bambi. Bambi is an HR platform built for businesses like yours so you can automate the most important HR practices and get your own dedicated HR manager They've got HR Autopilot. Uh, they automate your core policies, workplace training, and employee feedback. And then you have a dedicated HR manager with Bambi that will help you navigate the more complex parts of HR. You, the government makes it very, very hard. They've got a ton of regulations and uh, rules to remember. This person will guide you to compliance. They're available by phone, email, or real-time chat. Uh, you're going to save a ton of money because in-house HR managers can cost like up to 80000 a year. But this with Bambi starts at $99 a month. There's no hidden fees. You can cancel anytime. Uh, 
honestly, what I like most about Bambi is that you are, look, I'm a business owner, okay? So I'm speaking to you as a business owner. Every penny counts, especially these days with Joe Biden at the helm, all right? There's a ton of inflation. You got to save where you can, and you can do that with Bambi. They have received thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, and their customers are four times less likely to have a claim filed against them. Let Bambi help you. You can go to Bambi.com slash matters right now for your free HR audit. That is spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash matters. Bambi.com slash matters. So I just mentioned before the uh, the break inflation and um, look, we were told by the Biden administration that it was uh, temporary. I believe that was like transitory. Yes. Mm-hmm. And how long ago did they say that? It's been a while. Mm-hmm. It's been a while. We it's passed the transitory window. I think did we? Point. Yes. Huh. I can officially. legitimately say well, it was last year. Mm. Did, but has an expert told you that the transitory window has not actually just gotten wider? <laughs> So the, wait, the transitory the, word is moving. also under inflation. Yes, it is. Maybe. Inflating. Yes, yeah. exactly. Inflated itself. I, I mean, I like have that. you talked to like a, a have you talked to an expert though? You could be Jen Psaki. I'm just that, that's a Jen Psaki <laughs> point right there. <laughs> but you know the thing about balloons when you inflate them, they do pop. They, they <laughs> that do. is true. They do uh, pop. So speaking of inflation, I just wanted to to play this great clip for you, Peter Ducey, who is doing God's work over there at the White House. One of the only reporters who is actually asking uh, decent questions to Jen Psaki, who, as we know, is a professional liar. Uh, Ducey had asked Psaki specifically about inflation um, and kind of alluded to the other day when they keep holding uh, Putin accountable for all of the gas price spikes. Uh, And so he's like, hey, you keep talking about inflation, too. Are you just going to, like, blame Putin for everything that goes on here? Watch. We just heard you say again that you think inflation is going to be temporary. We've heard you say that it was going to be temporary since last spring. So how long do you guys think temporary is? Well, again, Peter, I think what we do is we rely on the assessments of the Federal Reserve and of outside economic analysts who give Mm. an assessment of how long it will last. Mm -hmm. The expectations and their assessment at this Mm -hmm. point continues to be that it will moderate by the end of the year. Mm. There's also no question that when a foreign dictator invades a foreign country and when that foreign dictator is the head of a country that is the third largest supplier of oil in the in the world, that that is going to have an impact, and it is. And so to that point, inflation goes up today. The president's statement blames the Putin price hike. Are you guys just going to start blaming Putin for everything until the midterms? Well, we've seen the price of gas go up at him. least 75 cents since President Putin lined up troops on the border of Ukraine. Oh, but how much have they gone up <laughs> since our own president took office? That would be the question, Jen. I don't think she wants to answer that no. one. Mm. No. Have you seen that graph? There's a graph circling. It's an incredible tool. I should pull it up, actually. It just showed, like I said, $1.86 mm. October, November with Trump, right? And then just the climb just rapidly starts under Biden. And it climbs, climbs, and it's we, we're we're close to like three something before Putin invades. Mm. We doubled the gas price of Trump before Putin invades Russia, but it's his fault though. Putin is sitting high and mighty because you know they're stroking his ego. He goes, "That's right, that's right. Yeah, I I'm hurting the to Americans control. too. Yeah. I'm running into Ukraine, and watch how I hurt America too." It's stroking his ego every time they give him credit. He goes, "That's right." 
Well, is, yeah. weren't they just blaming the uh, supply chain crisis for a lot of this, yeah. too? It's like, that, yes. didn't, that didn't have anything That's to do with Russia. That's yeah. pre-invasion. Right? And here you yeah, are. 160 ships outside the L.A. port and harbor, right? Yeah, yeah sudden, which, which yeah. by the way, the supply chain issue was not their fault either. No, right, that no, wasn't their fault. never either. their not fault. Not their fault. No, no. it's no. fascinating. I mean, and look, it, look, the, the Russia thing is not helping gas prices. Of course right? not. Like, of I, course I, I don't not. think yeah. it's ridiculous to say that's making it worse. It, it of course. is. No, it is. Of course yeah, it for sure. Is. However, as you point out, it was much worse before this. And there were some pretty smart economic minds who came out and said this inflation uh, situation is not going to be transitory. And those people, you we could name tons of them that we like, but let's name a couple that we probably don't like all that much. Larry Summers and, and, and uh, Furman from both of them, which e- economists in the Obama administration who came out very early on and said, wait a minute, guys, you start spending multiple trillions of dollars right now. This is going to be a long lasting problem. They laughed him out. They, they basically said they were, uh, you know, they, they were voices they didn't want to uh, pay attention to. Their own secretary of the Treasury is one of these guys. These are some of the finest economic minds on the left. They even ignored them to spend their trillions of dollars, which made this problem much, much worse leading up to this. And now, one of the reasons why you don't want to do this, right? You don't want to spend trillions of dollars. You don't want to get inflation going. But one of the reasons you don't want to do it is because when you get to a point like this, where there's an actual crisis that you can't control, you have no tools yeah. left. Mm-hmm. That's right. We've used all of these tools already on nothing, on just pet projects that, that they wanted. And now when we have these sorts of issues, we can't do anything about them. Yeah, yeah but we keep doing it. It just happened again yesterday. Yeah. With an omnibus and, and, and some of our so-called friends in the GOP. Is that the doing, chart you that, were That's the graph. Yeah. And so what's wow. not on that graph, what I want to show people, is if you look at the left of the graph where it dips, that is 2020. That's November, Trump 186. When you go to uh, 117, which is when Biden comes in, people anticipate it. Uh oh, oh crap, we're going to the crapper, trouble's coming. <laughs> Biden is sworn in. The day he's sworn in, we're at 240. Okay? Over here, we're at uh, 351 when Russia invades mm-hmm. per gallon. That's mm-hmm. the facts. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Wow. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, you can see it's jumped Thank you, more Stephen. frequently uh, or, or more um, dramatically here in the past days. But it was a constant increase pattern. And, and here's the thing. He came into office promising just this. Yes. Right. Yes. Like, he's now yes. saying, yeah. like, none of my That's policies are hurting gas at all. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. What happened? Why did you sign all those executive orders? You came in here telling us the Day biggest one. existential threat in the world was global warming. And you were going to get us off of fossil fuels and we're going to take all these massive actions when you wanted to please your base. That's what you said ha- happened. Well, you signed all those things. And now look at this chart. This is real life. This is yep. really happening. Do you, do you That's remember? That's of course. Do yeah. you remember? The what was it? The last debate when he had that moment where he it, we we thought he was oh he said the quiet part out loud that he wasn't supposed to say and he basically said like yeah I want to eliminate oil and gas yes. mm-hmm. and everyone went oh that's got to do him in right there's no there's no way the average American can vote for him right but he was telling us this yeah. but to your statement earlier just a statement like that sends the market into a frenzy yeah. just that statement it's yeah. the president of the United States making if he talks about Kellogg's tomorrow. In, in a good or a negative way, you're going to see a change in the market in yeah. oil and gas, right? And so it's, it just keeps climbing. But actually, what just dawned on me with what you're saying, Stu, is he's delivering on every promise he made. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's true. So when he says, I'm doing everything I promise, yes, you are, <laughs> to destroy this country. Yeah, what was it that Kamala said? You, you get the you get, you get what, what you, you voted vote for. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Very true. Sure do. Very true. true. And can you imagine 
just not even doing it, but just the Democratic, a Democratic president like Joe Biden saying, look, this is a crisis. We know it's real. We obviously know you know how we feel about global warming. However, right now, this is a more pressing issue mm-hmm. and we are going to open everything up right now. Just the statement, you see that chart go almost yeah, 100%. straight down. It's confidence yeah. in the yeah. market. Yeah. Wall Street yeah. runs on this. Yep. He doesn't it's care. called confidence in the market, which is why a State of the Union address is highly anticipated by Wall Street. It's like, okay, bring hope, bring vision, bring future, capitalism. It's like, oh, crap. <laughs> We're in trouble. <laughs> We're that so screwed. Yeah. People jumping out of buildings. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> well, I said we might have more depressing stuff for you, and it turns out that we did. Uh, but uh, we got we got to go to break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Headspace. So let me ask you, uh, has your mind been sprinting for years on end, leaving trails of stress, anxiety, and fatigue that are eroding your mental health if you are nodding along yes, which if you've been living in the last two years, you should be nodding along yes. Uh, It's time to adopt small daily practices that will have a huge impact on your long-term happiness and well-being. It is easy to learn with Headspace. Headspace is scientifically proven to help you manage your feelings and your mental health. I actually know a lot of leftists that could really benefit from this as well. Uh, In a recent study, it proved in just two weeks, Headspace can reduce your stress by 14%. So if you want to relieve stress, anxiety, sleep better, whatever you need, Headspace is your everyday dose of mindfulness for real life. However you're feeling, you got to go try Headspace at headspace.com slash news. You get one month free of their entire mindfulness library. This is, by the way... Just keep in mind, this is the best Headspace offer available. So you got to go there, headspace.com slash news today, headspace.com slash news. So we're going to take you from depressed to incredibly angry, especially if you are a parent uh, and you're trying to raise your child. uh, You know, you see your child and you're like, this is just an innocent baby and I'm trying to keep them innocent for as long as possible. Well, you're not going to if the left has anything to do about it. Uh, These wonderful, wonderful women, they would call themselves teachers. They are uh, hosting a sexy summer camp in rural Kentucky. We found out about this by Chris Rufo, who is just doing tremendous work uh, exposing things in schools, CRT, and of course, sexual indoctrination of children. He said these women are running a sexy summer camp for children in rural Kentucky with lessons on sex liberation, gender exploration, BDSM, being a sex worker, self-managed abortions, and sexual activity while using licit and illicit drugs. Uh, and this is uh, this is put on by Sexy Sex Ed. Uh, was held in July and August of last year on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And um, look, they're like they're they're trying to teach young children how to masturbate. Um, I don't know how much more I need to get into this for you to recognize that this is absolutely. Uh, insane. And by the way, the founder of Sexy Summer Camp, Tanya Turner, um, just this isn't the least shocking thing I've ever heard, identifies as a witch. She says she was raised by a host of witchy women in a coven-like mountain matriarchy. She uses tarot cards, crystals, and sex toys as part of her practice and encourages people to join her coven. So um, like really and truly, you guys, like this is a cult. 
which would be fine if they wanted to just keep to themselves, but that's not the case. They're just really, really trying to get your hand, get their hands on your children, um, which I find to be a problem. I feel like uh, it might be possible that the two gentlemen at this table might feel the same way that I do. Stu, you may want to go first on this one, because <laughs> if I start, we're going to get to the end of the show. <laughs> And you're saying a problem? I mean, yeah. this seems like a great like, camp environment for the kids. Read me one of those details <laughs> that you think is a problem, Sarah. I, you know, my old, I, look, we all can sit here and just say how terrible this is, and obviously it is, right? We, you know, I, I, I can go down that road. I, I feel like Yaku might, might nail this one uh, even better than I will. So uh, let me go just... Go for it, go for it. The only hesitation I would have on this, this occasionally, and I have this issue from time to time when I see these stories, is... This stuff definitely exists, um, mm-hmm. I, I, and, I, and I'm shocked constantly at how many on the left will back it up. And you see the comments under these, these mm-hmm. tweets and how many people there are. Though I will say that, like, I don't know, maybe this is just my life. Maybe my life is better than the average experience, which, of course, it is, obviously. <laughs> um, but, like, you know, the, even the Democrats I know are not these people. I, I know these people exist. They do, and it's a real problem. We have to make sure we're pushing back, because if we don't, we're going to have, it's going to spread and, and, you know, we're seeing this stuff being implemented institutionally, which is a, the real problem. And I think the main thing Chris has fought against. Um, but like, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I, I've never seen a sexy summer camp in my community. <laughs> I hope it doesn't come soon. I'm going to make sure uh, that if, if it does pop up, You're we fight up against it. But there are some, just some crazy people in crazy communities around here, uh, around uh, the country. Is it rural Kentucky. And that's yeah right. Like, like this isn't Portland. What? This is why it's. Right. I think this one in particular. That's what I'm saying. So it's disturbing. everywhere. It's everywhere. I expected in Portland. I expected in California. I expected in Chicago. But rural Kentucky. Who is sending their kids to this? It's really bizarre. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Oh boy. Oh boy. The dilemma Stu is struggling with. Yeah. Is the very thing I fight every day, and I understand. Mm. It's a giant bridge to cross to come to the conclusion that, okay, children are being sexually exploited in my neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And that's a fact. Mm -hmm. In every single zip code in the United States. Three days ago, we helped arrest a guy who drove four and a half hours from out of state to McKinney, Texas, to come have sex with a 14-year-old. This is real, in a very affluent neighborhood. One of the fastest growing cities in the US. So it is, yes, you were raised a certain way, Stu, but the reality is this is a part of our culture. You know very well, we just closed down one of these sex summer camps in Austin, Mm -hmm. Texas, that was Mm -hmm. gonna start in two days. Mm -hmm. And by sheer, this is Austin, Mm -hmm. and it was another sex camp. That camp, they paid the kids $100 per kid to join. So they were bribing them to come. That's Austin, Texas. This happens, you just happen to hear about this every once in a while. It happens to be my life. This is what we do every single day. It has permeated society. Because to stop this, Stu, it takes accountability. And it takes every man, every man, me included, to wake up in the morning and say, am I part of the problem? Do I over-sexualize women? Do I indoctrinate children? Am I addicted to porn? Am I okay with child porn? Am I okay with them teaching a five-year-old how to masturbate? What you didn't read on that thing is, they say the masturbation training will be hand-on, in quotation, hands-on. You're talking about children going to a camp where other people are going to touch the genitalia on kids to teach them, quote unquote, how to masturbate. No, to rape them. Incredible. That's what's happening. Austin, Texas. It's real, guys. It's real. Yes, Portland. Yes, uh, Austin. 
McKinney, Fresco, name your city. I promise you we're working with a sheriff in your town mm -hmm. where these arrests are happening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's terrifying. Yeah, it really is. I, so I want to bring to the table as well, there's a uh, recently resurfaced clip mostly because I don't think anyone ever watched the documentary when it came out. Uh, it's called Mayor Pete on Amazon Prime. And there is a clip of Mayor Pete's husband, uh, Chaston, who it, it, I guess back in 2019, he helped with a gay kids camp, summer camp. And, you know, I, again, I, like if, if you, that's like your business as a parent if you want to send your child to this camp. But my problem that I have uh, mostly is the indoctrination and the pledging of uh, loyalty mm. to a specific sexual identity that happens in this clip. Watch. I pledge my heart. I pledge my heart. To the rainbow. To the rainbow. Of the not so typical gay camp. Of the not so typical gay camp. and equal rights for all. With affirmation and equal rights for all. Watch your heads. So, obviously there are uh, kids of ranging ages there. Um, but it also is puzzling to me because this is coming from the party who says that gender is fluid and who you love is fluid. So why would they have them pledging allegiance to the gay flag tomorrow? They might decide that they're attracted to like monkeys and decide that they want to be trans species. I don't know. Uh, it just seems awfully odd to be having them dedicate their loyalty, pledge their heart to a sexual identity. I don't know. Call me crazy. Call me old fashioned. Something about that just seems wrong. And these are the people that would say we indoctrinate, right? Right. That is an indoctrination camp. Number one. Imagine if you took your kid to a heterosexual uh, summer oh, camp would, that they oh, pledged they their heart bananas. to. They would go yeah. Illegal. Right. Would not, yeah. <laughs> they, would, they hate church. They can't even stand church. Here's the deal. We're in a spiritual battle. And yes. you may agree or not agree. I'm just telling you, we're in a spiritual battle. What you just saw was a, it's like signing a spiritual contract. When you make a pledge like that, and you pledge it to a flag, which, by the way, the rainbow belongs to God, not to the LBGTQI plus zero zero community. It's not yours. It was a promise that God would never you know, rid the earth of human beings through a flood again. So they hijack all things good and then indoctrinate children, but it's always children. If that doesn't concern you as an American, to your point, there's no fluidity there. <laughs> Now, you're pledging your heart to the flag. That sounds like a concentration camp or a cult. Uh, definitely a cult. I would agree with you there. Uh, you know, this is a tough one to deal with, I think. You know, and I think, you know, there is, you know, we've talked a lot about this on the radio show. Mm -hmm. Glenn's done a lot of work with organizations like this. And I think, you know, number one, you can support organizations like Yaku mm -hmm. and doing this sort of work, who are doing the real work to make sure this stuff goes away. It's incredibly important, the work he does. And there's a bunch of organizations that do this and do a good job with it. It, it puts you in such a, it's tough to talk about because it puts you in a dark place. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, you, you mentioned that this is your life. This is what you're doing every day. I don't know how you do it yeah. because, you know, this is hard to think about. Yeah. So, like, I don't know what the right approach is exactly. I mean, I think part of it is supporting organizations like yours. Also, trying to control your life, your family, your community as much as you can. That's the way. You can't stop every little bit of this, no. at, at least at your own personal scale. You can help people who are, um, but you can't. You have to be able to 
to, to do what you can to, to try to bring your kids up in the right, in, in the best possible circumstance. That's right. And to avoid this stuff as much as you can. And I, I mean, sometimes I feel as a parent, you feel almost like you're abdicating your duty because, you know, you're not involved in every one of these cases. Maybe you're not reading about every one of them. Sometimes it's just dark and I just want to turn it off. Yeah. But you have to be able to find that balance because it is such an important issue, as you point out. Stu, if I can tell you, the only way we fight this fight is fortifying the family. Mm. It is the, the, the real microeconomy. If we think hate politics, we've got to get local. In the fight against trafficking, sexual exploitation, it's not top-down. It is absolutely me looking at a father, Stu. Stu, fortify your household. I don't care if you fight even at the neighbor, just in your home. Mm. Your job, your number one job, you're first, you're married to a woman, the two of you are one. You protect those children and you make sure those children, that when they talk to their friends, that they share truth. But that's your number one job because often I see dads will go fight elsewhere, like missionaries. Right? right. And all of a sudden the house implodes and that's not the answer. So mm. you're you're spot on. If we can get parents to take ownership back of their homes, of the nuclear family, of what's right and wrong, we will win this battle. It's not all Washington, D.C. or even the state capital. It's literally in the home, mm. father to father. And it's fathers. The moms are amazing. Mm -hmm. But we know the statistics when a dad steps in, things change in a house. It yeah. just does. Is being Pete still on uh, maternity leave? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good. I hope he is. I, I want him to be on permanent maternity. <laughs> I do too. I think he should just be home with his kids all the time and never do any work. Let's well, just leave the job open because yeah. I think he's going to do damage. Not it would do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it would be, it would be much better. Yes, <laughs> yes if just so. no one was there. His desk was just constantly just empty. Yeah. No, like no, yeah. no one in the chair. Uh, I just wondered. I mean, I know it, it did take him a long time to recover. From uh, oh, yeah. from having the baby, it's physically challenging, <laughs> taxing on a guy. He may like be on maternity leave for baby two now. <laughs> he does not have those childbirthing hips, no. so I can imagine mm -hmm. it would have been pretty no. painful. So, mm -hmm. uh, all right, we've got more to come. We have to take a break. We'll be back. He's pretty tiny. He's a tiny guy. <laughs> you know, I think he's so great. We were actually we were just talking off air about uh, this story that uh, I have here and. Just for some perspective, we're talking about mask mandates being dropped all across the country. Uh, Stu just pointed out during the break, even Hawaii, which was like the most strict still, uh, has decided to drop their mask mandate. So people are like, hey, things are looking up. I finally get to breathe oxygen. That's pretty cool. Uh, well, not so fast if you are still traveling by plane. You may have heard that the mask mandate was uh, about to expire, but don't worry because the TSA just announced today that they are extending their mask mandate a month longer than expected. Uh, that is until April 18th. They said at CDC's recommendation, the TSA will extend the security directive for mask use on public transportation and transportation hubs for one month through April 18th. During that time, CDC will work with government agencies to help inform a revised policy framework for when and under what circumstances masks should be required in the public transportation corridor. This revised framework will be based, don't worry, this will be based on COVID-19, community levels, risk of new variants, national data, and... Oh. Thankfully. The latest science. Oh, mm. there it is. Well, we're in good hands So now. they said they will let us know uh, publicly if and or when they change. I like that and or when <laughs> they change. You're like, no. A little wait. bit of legal language in there. Yeah, wait. What? That's, that's a good legal. Uh, what do you mean? Open if, door. If, Keep a door if open. If and or when. Wait. If. What are you talking about? If and or when. <laughs> what 
are you talking? And literally, everyone's like, oh, COVID cases are so low. Yeah. Uh, everything's fine. Um, we're just going to remove our mask mandates. And TSA is like, uh, the planes, they've got like the cleanest air that you could breathe. Nah, keep the masks. Well, it's no surprise that this is the last one to fall because yeah. it's the one that Joe Biden can basically directly control. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but it is a it is a bizarre thing in the in the middle of all this as Hawaii drops it. Everyone's mm-hmm. dropped it at this point. I think we the American people are done with this, um, and yet they still have to uh, deal with with this when you're, when you're traveling. And it's also it touches weird things like buses and yeah. trains too, which I don't know why they have any control over a bus. Right. I don't know why the federal government has any ability to implement anything on a bus, but apparently they seem to be able to. Uh, it's a big problem. Uh, this is something that should have been gone a long time ago. And and I was thinking about this the other day. I've said this on this show probably 10 times, which is in Texas, we felt like our lives have been pretty much normal for over a year, right? I mean, it's been pretty much normal. There's been some weirdness. Some things were closed down a year ago, Mm -hmm. but for a long time here and now kind of everywhere, the only thing you ever really see going around on a daily, day-to-day basis is sometimes you go into a place and you you have some of the employees are wearing masks. That's basically the only thing. Well, don't go to a Beto rally. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're all wearing them Ooh. there. Oh, really? That's yeah. interesting. That's oh, interesting. yeah, the, the hardcore ones, the, too. Yeah, the N95s. Yeah. But I was thinking about this. You know, we all mocked uh, the celebrities, right? When they went out and they went to their award shows. Yeah. And they walked out there and they were all in their glamorous gowns. They were doing what they wanted to do. And all the people were behind them, you know, serving food with masks on. And we all mocked them. Then I thought to think to myself, what's the difference between those celebrities and me when I go into a grocery store? The same thing, the same dynamic exists there. Like, I've come to the the, the point where I'm really going to start telling these, these businesses, I don't feel comfortable coming here with that dynamic in place. It's one thing, if these people want to wear masks, absolutely 100%, they should be able to, of course. But like requiring some hourly employee to wear a mask to make me feel psychotically better in some way, which of course doesn't happen with me, but maybe does happen to some Beto supporter who walks in. That's not okay. Yeah, like they're not Not inferior to me. Yeah, right. I'm not not, superior. You should not be doing that anymore. And like maybe at one point it was... More understandable than it is now, but like, there is no state that has a mask mandate anymore. The fact that we're still requiring this is because there's no cost to these businesses. These businesses look at it and say, well, look, the average person who comes in without a mask, they're not going to care if someone else is wearing a mask. And the Beto supporter will like it, right? They'll like that their mask is being on. So they're seeing it as a no-risk activity to continue to require these masks for hourly employees. We need to give them a little bit of a risk. We need to tell them, hey, this isn't okay. Mm -hmm. You're you're treating us as two two classes of citizens. I don't want to be in a different class than the person who's working there. Right. Yeah, very well said. You know, and and no risk to them, but but very high risk for the employee. The person yeah. that has to come and subject themselves to eight more hours or whatever, mm. you know, of wearing a mask when just walk out of the building. And that very employee who's working in a mask takes a lunch break, walks next door, <laughs> takes it off, takes it off and walks into another restaurant and looks at the other employee going, <laughs> oh, stupid. your turn. It's, yeah. so stu- so it's stupid yeah. beyond. I mean, yeah. it's, it's yeah. just like a cartoon. I don't know why you're, look, you, you're just anti-science. You just don't like science. I am anti-science <laughs> if it comes from Fauci. Oh, well, that's fair. Or any government expert, actually. That's that's where I'm at. All right, we got to take a break. We'll be back. And I don't think you should be inviting people to battle rallies and see what goes on. <laughs> Thank you.
All right, before we go, don't forget if you are not following these gentlemen sitting here at the table, they are uh, very wise, so you need to do so. Uh, it is Stu Does America over on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Yes. Uh, and, well, and Blaze TV. Yeah, please subscribe and, and check the show out where we do it five days a week. Um, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. it is. Uh, and every once in a while, I make an appearance on I, as well. We love so. it when both of you come on. Yes. It's always a lot of yeah, fun. It I, I'm fun. waiting for Sarah to make an appearance on my show. I'm just calling her out publicly. We have Roll, it. I, we have it on the calendar. Sam. Oh, that's right. It's on the calendar. Oh, <laughs> you. Wow. Well, I was going to say subscribe can, to Yaku, but I don't. I can call Stu out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I'm available. I do nothing. I have no life at all. By the way, no, by you. the I way, I, I think I really the I think the uh, most frequent question we get are people trying to find you. It's on YouTube. You well, they don't know how to spell your name, yeah. so it is it is J A C O. B-O-O-Y-E-N-S, because I guess there are so many who listen to the audio podcast Thank and they don't see it. Out, yes, I they really don't see it on that. the even though you just try to call me out on air. Legitimately. And I have it I love you shut that down. on my calendar, didn't mm-hmm. I? She did. I think she it was shut a little sexist. Like Chinatown, really. Right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, so make sure that you are following uh, these two gentlemen. Also, don't forget if you have not subscribed yet to Blaze TV, we're look. We're doing something over here, all right? We talk all the time about supporting conservative companies. We would love it if you would do that with us. Uh, you can go to blazetv.com slash news and why, enter promo code news, and you will save some moolah. That is blazetv.com. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.